What's up, guys? What's up, man? Welcome to the Faith of Worship podcast. Um, I'm your host, I guess. Oh, yeah. Matt Glendening and our lovely co-host. Introduce yourself. Uh, uh, Dan Perkins. Dan Perkins. Um, and we're going to be talking about worshipy things. I cannot wait um, to talk worshipy things. Yeah. I promise you we didn't spend any time thinking about that intro at all. Um, cool. Bro, what are you drinking right now? Um, currently, at the time it is in the day, this is my second bottle of water. But Water? Yeah, I'm drinking water, but it matters how and what. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can, Drinking water <laughs> is a broad... It's broad. You, like, cause you water fountain. Yes. Water bottle. What is, kind of water bottle? What kind of water do you have happening right now? So this is water from a water cooler. You know, so like a a cool a cold water cooler into a um, knockoff hydro flask. Um, that's called a hyd- hydra peak. Do you think that was like a divorce couple? Uh, she took the flask. And she took the took flask the and he took the peak. peak. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably what happened. But um, I, I'm pretty sure I used this as a hammer, like for real, at my house one time. So, like it, it doesn't sit flat. So I have to hold it. So I own a hydro flask, and um, the the wife's one the flask the in the separation yes okay. yes i own a hydro flask Correct. and um i found it okay uh it was it. not something i purchased i found it and um do you feel like that brings more or less <laughs> value <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry we just got a text message that we've been waiting about a week and a half on um we're just gonna let that one sit Dude, what did he say? <laughs> no, actually, sorry. this is speaking of worshipy things. This is very. Free, this is actually. This is. This perfect. is the most important thing that's happened in the past week. And oh, okay, a half. okay. Another text message. He's been at an event all week. We know. We know. We know. I don't We're act sorry. like the event is unimportant. I should be able Sir, to. We are sorry. You know who you are. I'm not watching this. But what if he <laughs> does watch? That'd be crazy. We should send it to him and say, "Hey, look, you texted us, and look how excited we it's- got." <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, oh! <laughs> I looked up my phone. Um, um, if you watch. didn't know, should we talk about it? Let's let's okay. continue let's real chill. quick our, our, our right, right. conversation in regards to what we're drinking. Um, my Hydro Flask <laughs> has never sat flat. That's what I wanted to say. Um, I am drinking, uh, and this boy, um, all stickered up. Well, um, talk about the container. Okay, so the container, okay. first off, the container. So... Um, I feel like this may have been another divorced couple. Okay. Um, this is a knockoff Yeti tumbler. What's um, it called? Um, uh, what is a Walmart's brand of Yeti? The like Ozark Trails. Ozark Trail. Well, yeah, Ozark yeah. Trails has been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. get in there. Um, so <laughs> fake Yeti. Okay. But the thing about it is um, I have this handle that I bought off Amazon as Does well. Does it come with it? 
Huh. No, this is like this is like not part of it. Does it like slide off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I gotta be careful. Do I don't want to like spill yeah, my yeah, coffee yeah, yeah. everywhere. That's just good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of slips on and it just like grips the cup. Right. Uh, the cup does not come with a handle. Um, and I've been through a couple lids. To this one's who's cracked. Out there trying to buy. This does not come with the handle. This specific right. tumbler. Um, I know you came here looking for this advice. Um, does not come with a handle, but I feel like it. Uh, it does the job pretty well. Um, I've lost this cup a couple times and it has come back to me every time. So how long does it keep your morning cup warm? So here's what I do. Okay. Um, can you walk me through your process? First off what I'm drinking? Um, I'm a, pr- I'm pretty much a coffee snob. Um, I am drinking 100% pure Colombian Folgers. <laughs> um, it's an eight scoop to 12 cup ratio. Um, and I take exactly solid. half of the carafe in the morning and my wife takes the other half. Um, so that's Wait, how... Wait, is that like a, a dead even split? Like, you look at the cups and you're like... To... It just works out the size of our tumblers. Each one of us that's takes amazing. six cups of coffee. Okay, nice. Sorry, continue. I'm not going to say that that wasn't intentionally done when we bought our tumblers. But... It just... Ha- it just... It, it works. It works out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so 100% pure Folgers uh, coffee. What were you saying? You asked a question. I actually don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we don't need to talk about coffee anymore. Um, coffee's really good. I'm not as much of a snob as people think I am um, when it comes to my morning coffee. You asked how long it keeps my coffee yes, yes. warm. Um, not very long, if I'm being honest. Um, it's basically a styrofoam cup. It just like it. It looks cool. Yeah, and it's got a nifty new handle on it. So usually what I do is I try to finish this cup by um, by lunchtime. Sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just be drinking some lukewarm coffee throughout the day. It's kind of gross. But it does the job. It keeps me awake. And then I hit the DC in the afternoon. You got to. I got to have at least one can of DC in the afternoon. Yeah, I don't... That sounds horrible to me. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> the thing, though, is that it makes gourmet coffee... It, it, it helps you appreciate it more when you do drink nice coffee. Because I do like good coffee. I, yeah. It's not that I don't, and I, I can taste the difference. So I'm it's, not going to sit here and say, like, Oh, man, my, uh, <laughs> my morning Joe is uh, Dude, just as good. It's just oil in the engine. You know what I mean? You oil just, in the engine. You just got to get the pump going. <laughs> <laughs> This keeps everything moving. And I mean everything. Everything moving. Yeah, um, no, that's, a, that's awesome. I feel like drinking 100% Colombian Folgers out of the... Is it a bag or a, like a, a tub? It is a tub. Okay, okay, yeah. Drinking coffee out of a Something tub. Something about the tub, man. It can go in the freezer. When you're done with it, it literally is a tubberware. Oh, my gosh. Tubberware for like whatever else you want to put in it. I feel like... When you drink 100% Columbia and Folgers coffee out of a tub, you got to like, you're like forgetting how good coffee is so that you can remember how good it is when you go somewhere and like buy, you're literally like, holy cow. Yeah. But if you're drinking really good coffee all the time, you just get kind of spoiled on it. Well, I can't afford that kind of coffee habit, if I'm being honest. Like, that's just not, that's out of my price range. So... Yeah. It's unfortunate, but or, that's enough of coffee, I think. What? You had more. I was just bringing on. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, I don't afford coffee like that either. You just, 
I did the ROI on a, on a uh, bougie setup at home. So I don't buy like $8 coffee. Well, you buy bags of coffee. That's true. That's what I'm saying. You it's can't even cheaper have- than buying a $6 cup of coffee every day. But there's lots of things cheaper than buying a six dollar <laughs> cup of coffee every day. It's I'm true. not one to judge. I mean, that's what I think that that's that's a brilliant decision. If it's keeping you from going to a it nice is. bougie yeah. uh, place every morning, bro, then by all means. For me, though, it's more of like a I cannot bring myself to spend that much money on stuff that You're I just can, gonna dump down. The- <laughs> I can say I don't need. Like I can right. say I don't need it. Yeah. Um. If Folgers 100% Colombian tub coffee is the, like, what's the equivalent DC of 100% Colombian Folgers? How many DCs I would need? No, no. I'm saying like in quality. Is there like a DC soda equivalent? Because if DC is like specialty Diet Sam's Cola. Diet Sam's Cola is garbage? It's not garbage. (laughs) It's just the sludge that... It gets the job done, but it's cheap. Okay, okay. And truthfully, Folgers is not the worst. If you're out there drinking Maxwell House, House. that's all I have to say. If you're out there drinking Maxwell House, bro, I'm so sorry. You there's there's got to be some trauma involved in that decision. Like nobody's drinking Maxwell House because they want to. My thing is, I feel like Maxwell House was passed down from your grandma. It had to. It was just like. Oh, my, my grandparents drink Maxwell House. Well, it's, it's because they bought it in 1940, and it's been in their freezer. And so they're just giving them away at Christmas. Do you know what I mean? It's well, really like, you keep talking about coffee in your freezer. Is that a thing that your family yes, did? Bro. bro, that is not something. It'd be like, we, like my, my family had like a cabin, and they wouldn't go there until like the end of the year. It'd be like, yeah, coffee's in the freezer. From like the last time they were there a year ago. I'm sure I'm the odd one out on this conversation. <laughs> I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bro, what you been up to uh, this week, Daniel? Uh, this week uh, at work, we've been uh, wrapping up some uh, po- post-production after our Easter recording. Um, we found some interesting new string patches Ooh. that um, sound so real, it's ridiculous. Are they interesting new string patches, or did you figure out the How setting on <laughs> the plugin that <laughs> makes them sound real? <laughs> Let's rephrase. <laughs> we bought a string patch forever ago. This week, I figured out how to actually use it. Amen. <laughs> so I'm getting my money's worth. Because uh, I was like looking up all kinds of different string patches, and I was like, I feel like none of them do it. Like, none of them say... What we're talking about is making them legato. So... Making one note bow into the next. So most like free strings patches or cheaper ones. Any orchestral string patch will be this way. Yeah. Or it's just kind of like, it sounds great. It just sounds like you're playing a keyboard. It's like note to note. Yeah. And no, nothing image. It doesn't feel like somebody's on a fretboard. Yes. So we we figured out how to use it this week. Um, So we did that. So we're replacing some of those in a song we did. And... um, Visited some campuses this week. Um, went to Santee and Walterboro last week. Whoa. Checked on the boys, you know? And then. You just said, furthest away, I'm coming for you this week. Pretty much. Because <laughs> well, you guys are at camp, so I was like, I'm out of here. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to get lonely, you know? Just hang out. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I did go to Santee. I went to Walterboro. 
um, had lunch with Alan. Shout out to Alan, my dog. And um, we're uh, this week we're uh, installing some lights. Yes. What have you been up to? Um, well, you went to camp. Yeah, I went to camp. How was camp, dude? I went to camp. Shout out EJ, our video director right now. Um, whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, camp was crazy. Um, yeah, so I, I have actually, I never actually went to South Carolina Youth Camp. Actually? Never as a once. student, never once. Is this um, your first time going as a, an adult? It's my first time spending the week there. Except for when I was a kid, I went in, I think, third or fourth grade. At, I went to kids camp. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. That, that's not even... Shout out to kids camp. I'm going to be honest. Saying. Camp like that historically has not been my vibe. Um, I feel you. As an adult, as a leader, and like kind of this context, it is a lot of fun um, getting to go up there. And, and it's not just fun. I mean, there's some really crazy stuff that always happens at camp. Um, <laughs> there's... Uh, <laughs> obviously funny stuff but um there's there's a lot of uh, really cool spiritual things that tend to happen um mm. uh we saw some really awesome stuff people getting delivered of um some some things and uh really bizarre uh really bizarre stuff man uh that's awesome I feel like I could uh, make this podcast go crazy real quick, so I'm not gonna. Are we a crazy, a crazy? Pod, are we a dude? real charismatic podcast, or is this for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose all the Baptists. Got him. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, some, uh, yeah, just really cool stuff. Really cool, um, uh, our camp is up towards, uh, it's up in the Greenville area in a place called Possum Kingdom, um, and uh, our youth team is amazing. Um, they did an incredible job putting everything together. Um, I kind of handled all of the, um, set up and tear down for AVL stuff, working with the rental company. Um, that's still so much work, bro. It was a lot of work. Um, but I really do enjoy, um, I enjoy stuff like that. It's kind of like it, anytime we get to travel and, mm-hmm. and like do some like travel gigs or whatever you want to call it. And, and this was the, the first year that our church has gone sort of solo. Yeah. So it's still a district camp. Um, our, our district is still uh, heavily involved. Um, yeah. But our uh, student ministry is getting so big now that we pretty much fill up the camp on our own. Which so it was amazing. us and I think one or two other churches that were able to join us. Um, but yeah, it was a blast. Um, uh, got to be involved in a lot of the planning side of things. Yeah. Um, uh, less involved than I would have liked to just because like, we were like literally doing this building. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun. So last week was kind of like the last thing that had to happen this summer before like kind of getting settled back into just like doing my normal job. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a blast. Um yeah. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be, you know, getting back into the swing of things. Um have this building pretty much done. Um couple little things to tie yeah. up, but It's so crazy. I feel like everyone asked me like what I've been up to lately. And we, we were in this, I mean, I, I wasn't as involved as you, but we were in, I feel like in this building, making it happen for like such a long time that after we were like done, it was kind of like, what do I do? Do I even, do I even need to work here? Do I, do, what do yeah. I do? No, <laughs> it's really weird. Now? So uh, most people don't, 
really realize this or know this or would have any reason to know this, but like I've I've been on staff uh, here at Faith for going on six years yeah. next year, so five years this year, um, and there's not been a single moment since I've been on staff that there wasn't a coming building project. Um, wow. We've been building constantly the entire time. Um, even like my first week here, um, my first week working here, we did, uh, we were installing a sound system out of prison. So, um, which was <laughs> honestly, uh, the Not best, best first that. week experience. I think I could have asked for it. was freaking hilarious. There was so many amazing, funny things that happened that week. Um, shout out my old, our old, uh, Worship Pastor yeah. Kyle uh, getting the van stuck uh, behind high, high like max security layers of maximum security uh, and getting yelled at by the prison guards. Um, what a time, dude! Just to be around—that's awesome. <laughs> so crazy, man. Pre-COVID, over at the prison was wild. Um, <laughs> it's just a crazy time. <laughs> if you've never never been a part of prison ministry, it takes a special person to. Um, to do that, uh, uh-huh. I'm yeah. not cut out for it at all. Yeah. But the setup side was was a blast. Um, I was stoked to to go over there, but I was always so stoked to leave. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I understand. <laughs> Prison's not fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But th- that's that's what I've been up to lately. But yeah, yeah, that's super cool. You want to like? Jump on in here, dude. Let's jump in. So we got a um, the way we're we're going to be doing this podcast. Um, we're going to be kind of uh, obviously chatting about life, uh, what's going on uh, in our lives, in our ministries. Um, but uh, we also want to uh, tackle some uh, some big topics that we think are really really valuable and important uh, yeah. to worship leaders, uh, production directors, um, volunteers. Um, in not only our ministries, but across the world, the global church. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of things that we, th- we feel like come up regularly, questions that were asked regularly, um, issues that we see kind of repeated uh, at, um, at not just our ministries, but um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to we wanna start these conversations. Um, and uh, today we're, we're, we're getting... We're going into a big one. Dude, let's this go. is a big one. Um, yes. Me and Dan have been talking about this one for a long time. Um, we're both very passionate about it. Um, and the other thing too, uh, we want to clarify, make sure it's understood from the get. Um, we we start this podcast uh, not because we think that we necessarily have all the answers, mm. or that we want to uh, bestow wisdom upon you necessarily. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, if you take something away from this, um, then one hundred percent, we believe that that was uh, God. Putting you here, listening to this podcast in this moment, um, and not not our own wisdom, um, but uh, we do have some experience uh, in the world of worship ministry um, and have done some things. Yeah. So, if there is things that we can bestow, then so be it. Yeah. Um, today, the topic that we are tackling is excellence culture in ch- the church dun, as dun, a dun. whole. But um, I think specifically, this is something that uh, impacts the creative ministries and mm. your worship ministries probably more than others. Um, but I do think it impacts the entire church, and I think that it, it, it stems from 
uh, it comes from the top down mm-hmm. um, as far as vision goes. Um, Dan. Yes. Why don't you get us started here, buddy? What is excellence culture for those that uh, maybe don't necessarily know what that even means um, or what we're, what we're talking about here? Yeah, you want like my personal definition, like the way I look yeah. at. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. I feel like um, excellence, excellence culture in the church doesn't begin at the church. Uh, and it can't begin at the church. It's got to begin and on a personal level and kind of become a part of who you are mm-hmm. and the way you live life and the way you go about everything. Um, and so one of my f- favorite uh, verses is Ecclesiastes 9.10. I think I got Yeah, I got that right. Um, that says, everything that you find to do, everything you put your hand to, do it to the best of your ability, do it with all your might. There's a couple different translations that say it in cool ways, but this idea that no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to put forth the, the best effort that I, that I have. Yep. And my favorite thing about that is that your best effort should always be getting better. Yeah. Um, because the more I do, do something with my best effort, the better I get at that thing. So, so naturally the growth of my best gets better. So I know that's a lot of saying better and best back to back. Um, But yeah, so outside of your ministry, outside of the stage you stand on, outside of the the team you you serve on, you bringing that mentality with you will, I think will greatly help your team, your leadership. It'll help you be a better employee. It'll help you be a better pastor. we talked about this last night. One of my my favorite examples of this is my me and my brother used to wait tables at Cracker Barrel. Yes, uh, I remember those days. Low key college days. Low key, bro. If you just want cash fast, sling some gri- ba- uh, biscuits and gravy at, at your local Cracker Barrel, and uh, the older ladies will leave you a, a solid five dollars every time. So if you're just a broke college kid that just needs a bag. I'm just kidding. Um, it was actually really good money, though. Anyway, we were we were both servers at uh, Cracker Barrel at the time, and he was way better at me, way better than me at it. And um, I, w- one thing I would always do, like, it's it's only human nature when you wait on somebody for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you're gonna be like, yo, how much they leave me? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I I faked it for 45 minutes and acted like I was a really nice guy, but I'm really introverted actually. And um, you were. You were kind of mean to me, but it's totally fine. How much money did you leave me? Um, and so, like, dude, I'm about to give people the inside scoop to the food industry. Bro. If you didn't know, this ties in, by the way. If you didn't know, um, oh, my wife's FaceTiming me. If you did, let me just tell her what I'm doing. Please, we're keeping this. Oh, 100%. Oh, I thought you were going to answer it. No, I should have. That would have been funny, though. Um, if you didn't know... When you pay cash, the person, when you tip cash, not pay cash, when you tip cash, obviously the person sees that you (laughs) gave them cash. Um, And when you tip on a credit card or a debit card or any sort of plastic device or you tap your phone or something, they can pull up that receipt and still see how much you tip them. Um, So like it'd be a thing. You like look at the table and you're like, 
them jokers didn't leave me any cash. That's fine. And then you'd go to the computer and be like, do, 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 put in your code. And then you'd be like, you'd be like waiting to see it pop up on the thing. You like refresh right. the page, refresh the page. And then, and then they don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so like it was for me, like I was fixated on how much money are people leaving me as opposed to how good of a worker am I? Wow. And my brother would always like tell me, dude, just count your money at the end of the night. I'd be like, that's so stupid. Like I need to, because I would base how hard I was working on how much money I'd already made. So if I was making a bag at the beginning of the day, it was like, I knew I was going to be fine at the end of the night. Yeah. But if my early, like first hour and a half sucked, I was like, oh, I got to hustle. And so my brother had this great mentality that he didn't work for Cracker Barrel. He was a Christian who like worked for the Lord and he happened to get money from Cracker Barrel. So his mentality was, I'm going to do my freaking best and the results of that are, are going to be up to God. Yeah. Um, which opens up a very interesting conversation about the weight you carry. So even on such a simple level at Cracker Barrel or wherever you work or whatever you do, the result of trusting God reduces the weight you carry. Mm. Meaning all God's asking for is obedience. He's asking for you to honor him with everything that you do. And he's going to take care of the rest of that. Um, And so now as a, as a worship leader now, my main focus is not like taking that, you know, analogy of how I work, how hard I work, when I work hard and when I don't work hard. It's like every day, yes, I work for Faith Church Assembly of God in South Carolina. But more importantly than that, I'm trying to honor God. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I'm trying to say, God, look at, look at my life today and am I proud of what I, I gave you? Like, would you be, would you be proud if you like looked at yeah. my life today? Um, and even if you fast forward to the end of your life, our life is the only thing we can give to God. Mm-hmm. Like it's our offering. So how hard we, whatever, you know, we work or we do ministry. Um, it's like, it's, it's beautiful that we, we get to, do everything to the best of our ability as an offering to God. But all of the weight of that, like that's not like a pressure. That's not like a, if I don't do better than I did yesterday, yeah. uh, he's going to be like, God's going to be so disappointed in me. It's like, it's like, no, doing your best involves mistakes. Yeah. Doing your best involves mess ups and doing things wrong and involves singing wrong notes. <laughs> it involves playing wrong chords I can't tell you how many times uh, like I've practiced a song and still messed it up live or uh, we did um, a live recording like six years ago, five years ago, uh, six years ago. If you listen to my vocal take from that night, I'm just crying the whole time. (laughs) Like for real, like it was completely unusable, which is awesome because from a maybe a performance mindset or from a like a, or that sort of perspective, it's like, bro, can you 
nail it next time. Yeah. You know, like you, that's completely unusable. That's what were you doing? Yeah. You know? And so there, I think in our, our department and churches like, you know, around the world, there is a, there can be this, um, it's like a very unspoken thing that I would say a lot of, a lot of guys don't talk about this feeling that excellence and, and church culture is nailing it. Um, and obviously we value, we value that, but it's from the perspective that our, our, our goal is aimed at honoring God. Mm-hmm. Not, so you're about to get into the goodies here. You're well, about to get into the goodies. Yeah. Like I think it really matters um, who our affirmation approval what? and whatnot is aimed at. So I can't tell you how many years I spent, you know, on stage trying to put a good set together, sing the right songs, sing the right notes, because the weight I carried was that I was the one who was getting, who was going to, like, because of me, the results were going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that if service went bad, right, it was because I was bad. Mm. Or if I couldn't hit that high note in that song. And this is silly. When you say it out loud, it's silly. But, like, it's real. And, and it's a real struggle. Like, because I couldn't sing this note this way, like, people weren't engaged. Right. And in, it may not be, and it, it may not even be, like, you feel that with that much weight in the moment, but it is contributing right. to an emotion that you already have. Right. So in all of those things from a Sunday morning, all of those things that you're feeling from rehearsal, yeah. you know, going a certain way um, that you're not stoked about to Sunday morning coming around and like, oh man, I just feel like we're still not hitting this. This is building, yeah. It's building up. Yeah. And whether you even realize it or not, that's the way that the enemy attacks. Mm-hmm. It's like to convince you that like your, your offering isn't enough. Mm. You're, you will never be enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. sorry, you can continue. No, yeah. I, so I think like um, one thing that, that really helped me was I, I was able to go to this like event in Nashville and the guy who was teaching did this whole conversation about who God created you to be, which like I would say, I think I've heard that sermon my whole life from a lot of different people. And, but for whatever reason, it just hit home in like a whole different way. Maybe because it was like specific to creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that creatives, like whether you're worship production, you do art, you do anything that you, you, what you do is you coming up with it. Like you create. Um, it's very comparable. It's easy to fall into a trap of, here's what I made. Let me go look at what somebody else who does the same thing does. And then you go, and then you're living in this constant state of yes, dude. The comparison, man. Yeah, and um, so anyway, he did this whole teaching about. Um, I'll just share the story. This girl wrote a song. Uh, she came up, shared it for everybody. People are like losing their mind, crying in the room. Like God was there. Like that's that's the only way to describe it. God was there. Like it was an amazing moment. He like comes over to her, puts his arm around her, and just like, all right, who wants to go next? And immediately, you can feel the silence in the room. It's like when the teacher goes to call, like on the class, they're like, all right, who has the answer to this algebra problem? And everyone's like, please, please, God, don't pick me. 
please don't pick me. <laughs> so it was like the same feeling. And he goes, exactly. You've disqualified yourself because you're you. Like, so because you're not this girl and you didn't write her song, you feel like what you are and what you have to bring isn't good enough to be here. And so I feel like I led worship a lot of years like that where I'm not so-and-so. I have to lower the key of this song because I'm not so-and-so. I have to sing in lower keys and I have to, you know, what I don't, I can't, I can't do crazy runs or I don't have like Brandon Lake growl in my voice and I don't have the dynamics that that guy does or, you know, and, and so you start leading worship from that place or, or whatever it is you're doing that's creative, whether it's running sound or even doing lights, you know, all of those things, you're, you're doing it from this place of I'm trying to gain affirmation or approval or identity from the people that I do it for. Wow. And that's the kicker. Yeah. And, and that's such a moving target because just like I'm having those problems, the people that you're trying to do it for are feeling, have the same attack. Exact same problem, yep. So you're having to do this like impossible task every single week over and over and over again. And that's draining, bro. Yes. Um, dude, I kind of went off there, bro. You Not like in it. I just mean like long. <laughs> not like not like no, I was popping no, no, off. No, no, no. Like, I mean, bro, long. this is I think that this topic has a lot in it. Yeah. Um and there's so many different things that we can cover um that kind of stem from this this thing. Um yeah. something that uh I was kind of made aware of uh in the past year or so. Um I think we all know this, but it's one of those things that's not at the forefront of our minds just from a real quick practical um perspective. Um what we do is incredibly new, mm-hmm. um, and and it's not just it's not just worship ministry. Um, I was watching a video. Um, if you don't know, I'm the production director, by the way, uh, here at Faith, um, and so all the audio, uh, visual, and lighting stuff uh, for the most part I carry. Um, but what we're doing, um, like the very first. Um, what is what is considered to be um, one of the very first amplified public concerts happened like 50 years ago. Wow. It was the Beatles. What? Um, that was the moment that... Uh, what does that and, even mean? Like the first time there was like a PA? The first time that, there, that, that was seen as a need. Because here's the thing, their very first, it was their first, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm drawing a massive blank here um, on where exactly it was. Um, it was a uh, baseball stadium uh, in the U.S. It was when the Beatles first came to the United States. Um, and the PA that they had was essentially just like the speakers they had laying around the baseball stadium. And... Um, there's aspects of this that I'm sure are not accurate. Don't, 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 We're don't me to this. But the point was, that was pretty much the moment um, because the crowd was so loud, nobody could hear them. Bro, that is bizarre. And it was the years ago. It, it, this, I mean, the Beatles, dude. That was the moment that like audio engineering really started becoming something that was even needed. So what we're doing as yeah. audio engineers. We are like the second or third generation deep. Some of the Whoa. people that created the theory that we use were there like at the, the beginning. 
That is my, I had no idea. That's crazy. It's something that like you think about, but don't think about at all. Um, one of the guys, uh, that has written like some of the most in-depth, um, uh, stuff, uh, like works of like his, his books that he's written, uh, Bob McCarthy. Mm. Um, he was like one of the originals and he has written the textbooks on it that are still used today. That's um, insane. And when we think about the perspective there, same thing with, um, when, when we think about, I think worship culture, um, like musical worship in church and the way that we do it today, um, this, this is a 20 year old at most 100%. thing. Yeah, I knew that. Um, like that, especially the way we do it. What nah, we yeah. do and the way we do it is so new, um, and I think that oftentimes um, what we see happen in leadership at uh, churches um, is there's the scrambling almost, mm. like. Um, in order to reach the young people, in mm. order to reach the next generation, we have to make sure that we are, um, we're doing X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah. we don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. So let's bring in some young leadership that's maybe not uh, seasoned, that's not really necessarily ready to lead mm-hmm. um, or uh, in that capacity. And if I'm stepping on toes, I apologize. Um, uh, this yeah. isn't calling anybody specifically out, um, but for years and years and years and years, the church has had the leadership of the church has been primarily um, men that are very old. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of it, yeah. um, and I think that there is a certain um, that that as young people we can tend to see that as a negative thing. I think that there's pros and cons to having young leadership and there's pros and cons to having old leadership. That's just what it is. With old leadership, I think you do have wisdom that comes with that. Oh you have gosh, yeah. a, a wealth of just years of experience um, doing what we do, doing ministry. Um, and with young leadership, you have uh, the benefit of some of these guys are learning new techniques. They're mm-hmm. learning new ways to do some of the stuff that we do. Now, that being said... Um, I do think that in the past like 20-ish years, we've seen a lot of, um, and I've got to commend the older leadership for doing this, but there's been a lot of passing the baton off, I think probably too soon, um, to, to guys that are like, look at, that are, are, are still stuck in that like comparison stage where mm-hmm. they're looking at these other churches, um, some of your bigger, uh, your bigger churches that are kind of, not writing the rules, but setting the new standard right. for what um, what is kind of expected mm. around what we do. Um, yeah, especially in American church. Especially yeah. in the American church. Yeah. Um, we see so much of that comparison stuff. Um, so much. Mm. I think it probably impacts us more than anybody. But um, yeah, so like that, that baton is being passed off to these guys and whether they're ready to lead or um, just are still struggling with that stuff that I think younger leaders tend to struggle with more mm-hmm. um, uh, just from whether it's a lack of maturity or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I think that there's a lot of shifting that has happened in the past 15 ish years to try to keep up. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I don't care if this is necessarily like, this is somebody saying this, but like, maybe it's not what, if it's working for them, it'll work for us. Mm-hmm. If this is working for this church, right. it'll work for us. We don't need to overthink it. Don't reinvent the wheel. 
do what these guys are doing, and that will reach the young generation. We're losing these young people. We're losing the young adults. We're losing the kids um, in, in crazy rates, and it's scary. It's yeah. really scary to be um, in the position that the church is in right now and see young people walking away the way that mm-hmm. they are. The thing that I would, I would definitely say is like, are we choosing to copy somebody else instead of listening to the voice of God and listening to what God is telling us to do for our people, mm-hmm. for our church? Um, I think that we do not put enough weight on, um, not not faith. But I was going like to say we as just like <laughs> Christian leadership in general. Like, just yeah, in general. we do not put enough weight on obedience to God in every aspect. I think mm-hmm. that it's it's something that Which we is can hard, tend. To, it yeah. is really hard yeah. because you have to be listening and you have to hear the voice of God. Yeah, and it's real easy just to be like, yeah, it. It's crazy, like because. It's like, it's not tears, but we tell ourselves there's tears of like big decisions, 100%. Right. Medium decisions, yeah. But like... When we get down into those smaller decisions, like, and I think that a lot of what we do creatively can get tossed into those smaller right. decisions. Yeah, 100%. Now, as soon as money's involved, I don't think it necessarily is, is yeah. a smaller decision necessarily, yeah. but sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. When we talk about like what style of music we're going to play mm-hmm. or like what, um, how many vocalists we're going to have on the stage. Mm-hmm. These are not seen as things that have kingdom impact in the way that, um, bigger decisions will, you know? Yeah. Um, and not to say that they, <laughs> I said they don't, but that they still do matter and they, right. And they still require a level of obedience and, and, and just asking about it, like asking right. God about it, like, Hey, how should I do this? I think every single part of what we do on this stage should be coming from something that God has given right. the leadership. Yeah. Um, and it cannot be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. But uh, yeah, that's, that's really my point is like, I think there's a lot of scrambling. I think that there's a lot of like people are trying to catch up mm-hmm. um, from years of, uh, you know, whatever you want to say. But um, there's a lot of that happening in the American church. And Mm -hmm. I would just, I would urge church leadership to take a minute and slow down and say, yes, don't, don't swing the pendulum completely. I think that's the other thing is that there tends to be pendulum swings. I'm so good at just being like, let's do the exact opposite. There tends to be pendulum swings. We see something negative over here. Let's do the the polar. Let's do the absolute opposite. Um, And then it'll balance. (laughs) I do that all the time. Um, And uh, yeah, so I, from a young adult's perspective, if I can just throw this out there, you're a young adult. Um, you are a young adult. I'm a young adult. Um, my wife is almost not a young adult. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> she gets so mad at me for uh, for how many years she got left. Stuff. I'm not going to go that far. Okay, all right. I'll spare her that. Dude, <laughs> she's any, two years old. Any future me. husbands or husbands? <laughs> Don't do what I just did. Um, <laughs> Take notes. Give her a hard time. Um, but uh, no, like. From a young, young adult's perspective, young adults and Gen Z um, and even new Gen Alpha, the way that we are going to reach these guys is through auth- authenticity. They can see through it. They can see through all of the old tricks and all the old things that we used to do to try to convince people to come to church. And, and frankly, I think that that's a bad, um, mm-hmm. 
that's not a good way to approach what we do. I think that authenticity and, and, and presenting the gospel, presenting a relationship with Jesus and presenting worship together, corporate, yeah. uh, what we do, presenting that in an authentic way is enough yeah. to get people. It is enough. Yeah. If what we are doing is real, it is enough. And we don't have to try to sell it yeah. as uh, something other than that. Get in, go, yes. Yeah. We talked about this the other day. I don't know if we were texting or something, but kind of going back to excellence culture in the church and right off what you're saying, like a real experience, corporate worship with other believers I think, again, a trap that I fall into, and this kind of goes back to the weight we carry, is thinking that it's, again, it's up to me. And so that, that kind of determines how I do my ministry. Like, um, like that if I don't nail that flow moment or if I don't have like the word or if I don't have like, some sort of something I, I've convinced myself that people will leave yeah. or, or I'll convince myself that the reason people don't stay is because of my worship or, um, or you, who, whatever you do, you know, you could be, um, you know, in production and maybe it's your mix. Maybe you literally think yeah. like people hate my mix. And that's well, for me, honestly, the way that it happens for me is like, I'll, I'll be, you know, um, I'll have like friends or family visit and oh, like, and no. those are the days where <laughs> I think everybody knows what I'm talking about, where you'll be like, man, I, I You're wish, eyeballing them like the whole time. You're like, like, ah, uh, man, this wasn't a good Sunday to come or like, ah, uh, man, I, I wish I was on yeah, audio yeah, yeah. or something like that. Like, bro, <laughs> one time you guys were, uh, you and EJ were on vacation. I ran sound and Mike was in the booth with me. Shout out Mike. What a great guy. Love that guy. He was just helping me. I was running in front of house. And he was like, why keep looking at everybody? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you making sure they're worshiping or something? <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Mike thing I've ever heard. I was like, you, Mike. I, was like I guess. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I guess I was like, is my, does my mix suck or is it like good? And that's why they're engaging. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so I think the goal I would say from God or from Jesus, like the goal for us as we're doing his ministry is that we do it with the freedom that it's not up to us. Ooh, it's not up to us. So you cannot make people worship. Again, you can create phenomenal environments. Yes. You can do your absolute best, do everything your hand finds to do to the best of your ability to lead worship, to prepare, to practice, to rehearse, to, and we value every single one of those things through the roof. But again, taking results out of God's hands is crazy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like that's, a, that's been a word for me is like, what have I not been doing as a worship leader that I would do if the results were his? Mm. What, what would I, how would I lead worship? Like, what risks would I take? Dude, and, and, and the, the other one too is, um, Kyle used to say this, um, what would you do if Jesus was in your congregation? Like if, if you were actually front, worshiping in the front row. him when he was there. The front row. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is right there. What would you be doing? Yeah. What would your worship look like? Because right. that's the reality. Right. He's here right now. Dude, can I just pop off for like five hot seconds? I watched a podcast. Um, 
with uh, Stephanie Gretzinger and somebody else. And she's, she was kind of talking about this in a different capacity, but she was talking about um, ministering to the Lord. And so obviously as worship leaders, even as production directors, as LDs, as all those things, everything we're doing is ministering to the Lord because we're all a part of the worship experience. Like we're all, everything we're doing with our hands is to God. So we're a part of that worship experience. We're ministering before the Lord. And she was talking about the difference between um, ministering to the Lord and ministering to people. And it blew me away because she was talking about how you can't minister to someone you don't know. So I can't minister to the Lord if I've never been with him. But I can minister to people because they're in front of me every week. So again, a lot of that weight and pressure I will feel because I'm trying to minister to people. And so when I don't get response, I feel like I didn't X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? And so I think it's just, it's, it's something we goof. I mean, we're not goofing around, but we say it a lot. It's like, dude, we need to not take ourselves that seriously. Like not, not take ourselves not seriously in the sense that like we don't care. But when when you taste this kind of freedom that we're talking about, like it feels like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. When I'm just like, okay, I'm working for the Lord. Yes, I am employed here. And yes, I will honor my leadership and I will respect them and I'll do everything they ask me to do. I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. But I know that the results are his. So all I have to do is get up there and worship. Yeah. And, and lead. Like I'm still a leader. That's yeah, you're still, not like checked out. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're not in your bedroom. Like you still have to do your job. But like, you're doing that from a place of I'm approved, affirmed, called, and equipped by God. Yep. I've been with him and I ministered to him. So this is literally what I do. Yeah. Like I do this. Well, that I think you're you're actually touching on exactly what I was about to talk about Let's next, go. which was there is this like it seems to be like there is this myth kind of around what we do mm-hmm. um, as uh, worship leaders, where it's like okay, you're gonna. As a worship leader, your worship happens at home, mm-hmm. and then when you get here, you don't get to worship. Yeah. That 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 I feel like there's no this, one like, has said that, but every worship leader feels that. Yeah, it's like uh, when I'm on like stage on Sunday yeah. mornings, I'm not allowed to worship. I have to like get everybody in the room with me, and I think mm-hmm. like there's a certain extent to which we need to talk to about. Yeah, like your worship probably does look different. That being said, mm-hmm. it's it's not like you're not in worshiping. Dude, 100%. And I think, so I'll do this comparison. We tell our bands at Faith, at, here at Faith Worship, at Faith Church, we tell our bands, the thing that you should do on Thursday nights at your rehearsals the most is what you can't do when you're alone, which is, which is flow together. Yeah. So... I can learn every one of my parts at home. What I can't do is do that with the band. Are you suggesting, real quick, that we play our instruments prophetically? Yes. We can get, oh, we can get into that. Here's what I was going to say. Um, we, we could probably move on. Here's what I was, <laughs> Here's what I was going to say. This will be like a four-hour podcast oh, and we'll never have any more material. Yeah. <laughs> we could just hit all of our next 10 weeks right now, bro. Um, so in the same way that my rehearsal time at home is different than when I'm doing that with people. It's the same as like when I'm worshiping God at home, we're going to 
we're going to go to a very personal place together yeah. at, at, that you don't even know. You, you can't even relate to where I go because that's not your relationship. That's mine and God. So yeah. like we're going to go through and talk through and dig through and, you know, go to levels that are in me that we're, you know, in that relationship together. And the beautiful thing is I get to bring that to a corporate setting, that place I've been with him to a corporate setting, but we get to do that together. Yes. So now like the only thing that you can do in a corporate setting is worship corporately. Yes. Like, and so there's something so powerful. Like that's why the Bible to me, the why, one of the reasons why the Bible says don't forsake it. Like you got to come together because there's something so special about corporately lifting up God together. So even when I'm picking sets, like that affects the, the kind of songs that I'm choosing. At least once a week, we're going to sing a song that has nothing to do. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Come on, relax. But at, at least one song a week, it's just a conviction of mine. We're not going to sing a song that has the word I in it. And that, that's probably not true. But that the idea the of concept, the song yeah. isn't like it's how this is going to benefit me. But it's literally... Christ and, and Christ magnified yep. in whatever way that is. So there's plenty of songs that do that very well, but at least once we're going to just corporately declare something about God together um, because I have my private time at home or, or I should be. I, I should be having a place where I go to and I, and I even like going in a more creative direction, like if you're a songwriter or if you're a producer or a mixer, like, you're going to have journal songs that you should not share with anybody else. Like these are places that I've been with God that only I need to see. I have those. Exactly. That's it's literally all I have actually. It's literally my therapy. It's my, <laughs> it's my, uh, what do you call that? It's my counseling. It's my therapy. It's literally my intimate place with God. Yeah. That, like this would make no sense in a corporate setting. Like it just wouldn't. Right. And so like in the same way that that is valuable. That is so immensely valuable. But so is worshiping God corporately. It's what we get to do together. Yep. We get to declare who God is together. And that's so powerful. I was seeing, I, I saw this thing the other day um, and uh, it kind of had something to do with this. They were talking about the um, the way that people would have worshiped together in the early church mm. um, and how different what we do um, in, especially, you know, a modern facility like this, the big stage three feet in the air that's 15 feet in front of the first row. Like, I mean, thousand person auditorium. Um, it's very difficult to get to force that mindset of like, Hey, we are worshiping together. Um, because it does have this, the entire building is structured in a way that, mm -hmm. that puts off this vibe of this is a performance. Um, and, how do it's we so much weight on a worship leader yeah. and, and it's so important that you, that worship leaders remember that like you have to break that mentality, mm -hmm. um, in, you know, people that either don't, don't know the church. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, maybe they're new guests. Can I or, just say yeah. like, even the worship leader has to break it for themselves. Yeah. Like, so it's not like we're excluding. You're the, like 10 feet above them. Yeah. Like, like we're on a pedestal. Come with me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I think everybody who's on the ministry, on staff at a church, or works as staff volunteer and on stage has to has to take a second to to break that off. Yes, because it's very easy to slip into. We do this every week. 
I know that I could get really good and no one would even know that I didn't even think about God, you know, or that I, whatever that is. Like, so I think even, it's not even just like, it's like the church doesn't know and staff people know. It's like, no, we're all human. And we all going to have that moment where we say, Hey, just, just as a reminder, yeah. This is about God today. That's why I, I so love it when churches take a minute before service starts. Yeah, that's cool. And just like, just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And just take a minute and worship Jesus before worship, like the set starts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like countdown stops and it's just like, mm-hmm. let let it get settled. You know? Yeah. I love those moments. I will say, so I know we're talking about excellence and this is all related and it's all really good. I would say we were getting into a little bit of like um, not time related things, but there are certain things at certain churches where it's like, okay, I'll just say for us, we don't do that. Like we don't open up. We open up our worship leader at every location, pretty much probably open service with the tracks. Like, Hey, good morning. We're so glad you're here. We're here to worship the Lord today. Why don't you stand on your feet? Yeah. And we're jumping into a song. Um, and I heard somebody say one time, they were like asking questions about, um, like, what do we do if, you know, we don't have a lot of time or we have a ton of services and we have to fit, you know, and for the record, there's nothing, there's nothing right or wrong. Like we're not, I wouldn't say, I'm not trying to say there's a right or wrong or we have a, a, a great method. We obviously have our preferences, what we love. Um, I heard uh, Tiffany Hammer say one time that, um, especially at Elevation, like their church, like they got so many services back to back. They have like tight window for things. And that was us for a year. Yeah. I mean, with three services. They don't have like a ton of, like Elevation, who's probably one of the big three who's putting out music for churches. Like if you go to any church, you're probably gonna hear at least one Elevation song a week. I mean, probably. So they're, they're a huge voice in what we do. And she's saying they don't even have X amount of, you know, time to do all the things that they would like to do. Not that they don't have time, but, um, and her, her point to that was like, if I want to flow, am I doing that alone? Like now, obviously again, there's a reason why we gather. So what, what I would say to worship leaders, to anyone who's in charge of, picking or is a part of that process. Ask yourself, okay, who cares what the time limit is? Give me the time limit. That's totally fine. I'm going to respect, honor, and value my leadership. I'm going to do the best of my ability to honor God by honoring my leadership. If that's my time limit, dope. What are the only things we can do corporately? And do those things. You have such little time. I mean, even if you consider like, even if you take some of the churches that spend a long time in worship, Mm -hmm. what, that's 40 minutes a week? Mm-hmm. That most of these people are spending in in, mm-hmm. in corporate worship, maybe it takes them five to ten minutes to even get into the set. Yeah, so that's thirty minutes. I mean, those are the churches that are running forty minute sets, and that's not the norm. Most right. churches are not doing that. Yeah, um, and it's just it's crazy when you when you really think about how little time we actually have mm-hmm. to do this thing. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's just us. It's like every department. It's it's just fast. It's yeah. just like a, it's a Sunday boom, it's an hour and 15, you know, whatever it is. It's just fast. It's like, yeah. you got to fit all this in. The so. only thing that I would encourage um, pretty much, uh, and, and I know that this is not something that everybody can do. Every church does things differently. Yeah. And like your goals sometimes as a church, I think 
sometimes we do ourselves a disservice even calling certain Christian gathering spaces churches, so to speak. Um, which that sounds really negative. I don't mean it that way. Um, but like, because we all have this context in our head for what church is supposed to look like and what church is, um, there's so many different churches that are, are their, their goal, what they are called to do by God is a totally different thing. Um, than, than from other churches. But if there's one thing I feel like the American church can probably spend some time working on and focusing on, um, is just like slowing down a little bit, Mm -hmm. figure out how to not just, not just spend more time in worship. I think like it's the pace of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, man, there's, there's so many, there's so many books coming out right now. Um, the, one that I would recommend the ruthless elimination of hurry area. Um, it's convicting. Mm-hmm. I think that like there's that when you, when you look at that and you approach it, um, everything in your life, uh, from that perspective of like, man, like, am, what is, what is influencing me? What is, you know, or is this, what is the pace at which I'm living my life? And can I even, is there anything of value coming from right. this? Yeah. Um, or would it be so much more valuable to just take a minute, slow down, mm-hmm. and say, like, and just release it to mm-hmm. the Lord? Yeah. I think that, like, I, I know that there's there is definitely people, especially um, your you know thirty to forty uh, with multiple kids. Um, it is difficult for those people in your congregation to get into the service mentally. It is very challenging. I mean, I have one kid and it's, it's a lot. I mean, when you go from, you're going from like this super fast paced week and you're going into church service and it's like, this is anytime I get to just attend, even if it's not here, sometimes I go visit other churches and I just get to attend. It's, it's like a breath of like fresh air. I get to say like, it's like the one time in the week that I'm like slowing down a little bit. And when the pace of those services is so quick, cause I feel like the church is like, we don't have, it, it's like this mentality of yeah. like, what we're doing is not the most important thing that everybody in that room is doing that week. And I think that there is a certain amount of respect we have to have for people's time, but like ultimately, ultimately, right? Like yeah. what we're doing is, is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think that, selling that and explaining that culturally to your church, like you're not going to, you're not going to lose people. They're going to get excited Mm -hmm. to spend time uh, in, in the presence. But like, I think we, we could slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. just as a whole. Um, Not everybody's guilty of that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out. Yes, you are. I just think, say names. I think it is a cultural (laughs) thing, not a, um, not even necessarily like a hundred percent, a um, the flow of your service necessarily. I think that when, if you were to approach the flow of your service from Mm -hmm. that perspective of just like slowing down and like really taking everything in, allowing people time to digest Mm -hmm. what's happening, man. I mean, we feel that even when we, when we go back to the, um, cause we, we were at three services for forever. We went from that eight 30, 10 to 1130 schedule back to a nine and 11 and Nine and eleven is my favorite. That yeah. is my favorite service schedule. Um, just running two, but even if you were to run three, like I mean, I would almost rather have a one p.m. service, and it's a massive sacrifice. 
Yeah. Everybody on the staff, that is a huge sacrifice. That means your Sunday's gone. Bye-bye. But for me, culturally, the value that yeah. and the message that that sends and what you're saying, like, hey, this is worth our time. This is worth your time. And we're going to come in here and we're going to worship together. To me, it's worth it. Mm, that's um, awesome. And that's why you've got to build out your volunteer teams. <laughs> Are you suggesting that we add a 1 p.m., Matt? Um, if we ever had to go back to three services. No, no, no. Um, right now. Should we add a 1 p.m.? Uh, right now, no, we don't need it. You heard it here first, folks. But like figuring out ways and, and really prioritizing that um, yeah. that mentality and, and culture within your services and not just saying like, oh, we need to go to three services. Oh, we need to go to four services. Here's how what other churches are doing. Let's just yeah. do what they're doing. But really consider the culture of your church and how much impact it's going to have. Because like we felt it when we went to 830, 10, and 1130. Because we went from Completely 9 to 11. Different, dude. Yeah. And it, it felt like we lost so much momentum in the worship culture. Mm-hmm. Because we, we cut back from, um, which we don't run long worship services we run um 20 we went from well we went from before i mean with our 9 and 11 we were regular regularly in that 25 26 minute range Whoa. which um Whoa, <laughs> there's chill. people laughing oh, at how short that is right now yeah. uh, but Relax. like that that was we were going from that to all of a sudden we had 18 minutes yeah, yeah. we had to go 18 minutes with a with your first song not being a throwaway but it's not like a enter in song. It's an energy song getting people in the door. Yeah. Um, no, I think that there's absolutely moments for I, praise. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to like for those sorts of songs, but man, it's tough when you've got essentially 12 minutes to say, mm-hmm. this is our time of corporate worship. Yeah. I think just to add to that, I think you can do whatever you want, go wherever you want to go. If you explain what's happening. A hundred percent. So, what you didn't hear Matt say was, if you do a fast song at the beginning, you suck. Yeah, I didn't say that. That's, That's what you saying. heard. You heard Matt say, anyone who's scheduling a one song and the one slot. That's every church in America. Quit. Like, that's not, that's not new. That's not a. <laughs> that's what he said. No. I, and yeah. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think it's more so the amount of time you're leaving to yeah. do everything else. That's really valuable. Yeah. I think, yeah, again, I think you can, anything you want to do, anywhere you want to go as long as you just say what's happening and people and like, let people know like, Hey, we're going to jump in and we're going to praise God for a little bit together. That's awesome. And right now there are people that are saying, what does this have to do with excellence culture? And my point would be, it's all tied in together. That is all in the same. Yeah. It's all in the same category headspace. It's, it's all the things that we do. Cause it's all stemming from the same point. Are you doing this for to to satisfy man and to get affirmation from man mm-hmm. or are you doing this number one priority yeah. for God and mm-hmm. to worship him and to and out of obedience to what yeah. he is telling you yeah I, I remember when I was I used to lead worship at one of our locations before I came here to the central team and um, we used to have like a saying maybe it maybe wasn't a saying maybe I just said it to myself but I, I just called it obedience in the moment. And um, when you are able to get to a place as a leader, again, and, and what we can, were you checking your watch? Want to wrap it up? We're good. All right. Um, when you're able to lead from a place of freedom where your affirmation and all those things are coming from the Lord, um, 
you, I would say you will literally start to hear him ask you to do things. Mm. And because I'm tuned into him, I'm listening for him. I'm listening for his voice. I'm, I'm worshiping him. And there will be times where, um, he would say, you know, like, Hey, I've, he would drop either a word, maybe he'd drop some lyrics in my head, or he'd drop, hey, I feel like you need to just open your mouth and start speaking, and I'll give you the words. And um, I remember the couple times that I was like, send it. And I just like would yeah. go for it. And those moments were so special. Um, and some of those even, not that this matters, but some of those even turned into songs um, that we've written and are probably going to record at some point. Yeah. But um, I remember specifically one time where I knew that God was asking me to do something, and I was like, I'm not doing that. And uh, I remember feeling like, oh, no, I never want to do that again. Like, oh, snap. Like, I don't ever want you to stop. Not, not that this is like a fear thing, like that it's motivated by fear, but it's like, oh, man, I don't ever want you to stop asking me to do things. Yeah. Like, I want to be the kind of worship leader that is freed up mentally, that is like leading from a place of freedom. That's leading from a place of security in Christ that I'm listening for direction and that I have the obedience in the moment to do whatever you're asking. Yeah. I think that, um, it's about time to start landing the plane, but, um, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> the seatbelt sign is on. Cause this is, this is a topic that we could sit here for six hours Jeez. and just keep going on yeah. and on about. But, um, yeah, I, I, that I was just, awesome. Uh, just a probably just a word of encouragement. Wrap to, it up for um, us. Will you nutshell it for us really quick? I will leave. I will leave the nutshelling to you. Okay. You leave the word but, of encouragement. Um, the, the the last thing that I really wanted to th- kind of throw out there is um, I, I get. I also I, I run an AVL firm, uh, consulting firm, and I get this opportunity to go and visit other churches, um, and and usually they'll call me in if they're having. Um, either just like tech issues or training, stuff like that, um, that they want to do. But, um, I get this opportunity to see kind of just take like a snapshot of what, at least in our state, what is happening. Um, and the overall thing that just, it really hurts my heart that I Mm -hmm. see happening is this misunderstanding of why we, do what we do as far as when it comes to um, getting better mm. and being better. Um, what I didn't say at the beginning, I believe that excellence is uh, same same as what Dan was saying. Pretty much, just excellence is the opposite of complacency. Oh, that's you so good. are. It is this not striving to be better, yeah. but it's striving for more of God and more of His presence. And I believe that when you are filled up with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The only thing that can come from that is you being better at your craft. Now, I think mm-hmm. that better is a is a what does That's that a mean? Hot button word what right there, bro. What does that mean, right? Better. I think, what does that mean? Yeah. And I th- I think that when you when you see it, you know it. Mm-hmm. As a yeah. as a creative, as a, a worship pastor, as a pastor in general, as somebody who is seasoned and has seen the spirit moving people. I think that you know it when you see it and it's exciting to see because I've known people and I've known ministries. I've seen ministries that are maybe not what the world would call excellent or would say um, like 
hey, your, your, your talent that you have, that you're doing on stage, you're like the best in the business. They wouldn't necessarily say that. They was like, they're kind of, you know, right in, in the middle somewhere. Um, but the, because they are doing what they're doing from an overflow of what God's doing in mm-hmm. them, like, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit elevates that talent. Like, to a, it, it's so, it's yep. obvious. It's Yo. obvious. And you're going to be a better band member. You're going to be a better, um, a, a oh. better person at church. I got to stop. You're going to be, when people see you in the lobby, they're going to be like, wow. Like, it's, it's just the, that is, <laughs> that's the gospel message when you are filled up with Jesus, when you're filled up with the Holy Spirit, it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, people notice that. People yeah. see it. People are drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And from there, people are going to want to serve on your teams. Yeah, what else would you want? People are going to want to be a part of what you're doing because they see the Spirit moving in you. They see mm-hmm. you are not like, you may be leading a team of two or three people. You may not even have a drummer or an Dude, acoustic 100%. drum set on the stage. You may have a overhead projector in the back of the room with 15 people every Sunday. And maybe Sundays you guys are just not even having church because nobody shows up. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, if you are filled with the spirit and you believe that you are doing what you are doing to glorify God, you're going to be excited to do it every week. Mm-hmm. And when we use that catchphrase, we can't believe we get to we do this. We cannot believe it. It's, it's genuine. It's real. It's yeah. not like we're trying to convince ourselves that what we're, what we're doing is important. You ever... Oh, I, I need to stop. <laughs> I, we could just keep going. I was just going to say, those phrases were coined when the person was full of the oil. Like, the person who was like so full of God, like of the Spirit, like was like, man, I can't believe I get to do this. But when you're not, it's like, I freaking can. <laughs> what do you mean? I, um, so I think, yeah, what you're saying is so good. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and genuinely, like, it's not, the weight of it is just like, it comes off. Yeah. And you're not like, man, if, if I was a better worship leader, people would be coming to my church. Mm-hmm. Should we nutshell? We should nutshell. That's what we're going to call it. Um, Not shelling. I drink water out of a Hydra Peak from a divorced couple. Yes. And you drink sludge. And that's the only word for it. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's nutshell it. Here we go. Um, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. Um, ask him about everything. Pray. Leave the results up to him. And just do everything your hand finds to do to the best of your ability to honor God. And you're going to be great. You heard it here first, folks. Not shelled. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Wowzers. Watching our podcast. Um, feels weird that podcast is podcast video number one. format. In the, podcast number one in the books, dude. What's a, what's, a, what's a video podcast called? Is that a vodcast? vodcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>